As we've been learning the last couple of weeks, we know that God has us on a journey. This is a series that we're starting into here. I love that. Hang it on up. Safety first. God has us on a journey. We were challenged to take the next step in faith, to keep moving forward, right? In our life, in our faith, in our obedience. Even if it doesn't make sense, you just keep pressing in, you keep pressing on. God has great things for us, right? It's important to remember our, and to celebrate our, our successes. So important to remember those things, right? God had Joshua build a memorial after they crossed the Jordan River, not only so that they would remember, but so that they could continue to share with generation after generation after generation to come the goodness and the faithfulness of God. God also set apart times and seasons for rejoicing. Just have big parties, you know? I, I always thought it'd be fun to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles, you know, where you just, you go and you live in a tent, you know, you go camping for a week. It'd just be so much fun. But it's important to take time. He, he challenged us to take a Sabbath every week, one whole day where you do no work, where you just enjoy the life that God has given you. So important to do those things. It really is. Maria had shared God's vision with us last week. And, and it sort of starts out that I never thought about it until I was praying about what to speak about this week. But she shared that we're on a mountaintop, that we've arrived We've achieved a great deal of success, and I know it may not look like it from natural eyes and natural perspective, but I know in the spiritual realms, we've got a firm foundation. We have overcome so many things that held us back in the past. We now finally, I feel a sense of unity and harmony that we're in this together. There's no backbiting and bitterness and things that used to be here, that now we're just seeking after God. We're a people desperate for Him. We want His will above all else. That's why two of those songs this morning, I don't like them at all. I don't like singing them. They're a struggle for me. But if the Lord wants to hear those songs, you better believe I'm going to put my croon on and we're going we're gonna to sing them. We're going to do them, right? You know, We're here to see the Lord's will done above all else. Willing to lay down ourselves to see it accomplished. Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, we will see the goodness of the Lord here in the land of living. Revival is not going to pass over us. Let revival start with us, right? Let's put New Mountain, Pennsylvania on the map, a place where people drive by and they're getting healed. A place where people are just like, what is going on there? That place is on fire. Like, literally, that place is on fire, but it's really not a physical fire. It's a, you know, I, we want to see those manifestations again. We want to see a move of the Spirit. So we, we've achieved a great deal of success, believe it or not, in the spiritual realms. I mean, come on, our debt's paid off. God paid off this. We're debt-free. <laughs> Debt-free in this culture and in these days and in this economic time is huge. Huge thing to celebrate, to be debt-free. That's something to celebrate. And if you, you need advice on how to do that, we've got some stuff for you. It's coming up soon. I haven't announced about it yet, but some uh, practical tips on how to get debt-free personally to prepare yourself for uh, some of the days ahead. But anyways, we've... Uh, achieved a great deal of success. God has done more than we could even mention. You hear about it some week after week, but God is doing way more than what's even shared in testimonies here publicly. He is up to very, very good things. We're beginning to see a move of the Holy Spirit. We're seeing him, we're experiencing, we're encountering him. We just demand it. I mean, if we get up here and we play our instruments and I share a message and we pray, if we do any of these things and we don't experience a move of the Holy Spirit, then we're just wasting our time. That's what we're here to do. In fact, we don't even have to do any of these things. If the Spirit shows up, we're content with that. We can just go home, you know. <laughs> I 
I'm learning that. You don't need everything, all right? Just whatever the Spirit wants to do. But God is now calling us up higher. There's an even greater deal of things that he wants to share with us. He is calling us into greater things. Always calling us up higher. Always calling us to ascend on the mountain of the Lord, right? We're moving on from glory to glory. We've tasted and seen the goodness of God, but he's even better. He's even gooder than the goodness that we've tasted and seen, right? So much better. We're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the vastness of God. That is why day and night, there are these angels before the throne of God, and they look so creepy. They've got eyes all over their body. And day and night, God moves and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, was and is, and forevermore will come. And their whole earth is full of his glory. Like they just shout out day and night. Because day and night, for all eternity, they see something new about the Lord to praise him for. So if you've grown stale and stagnant in your faith, and you're just not encountering anything new, or hearing any new revelation, or seeing anything new, man, you got to dive in. Crucify that flesh because you're missing out. God has greater things for us. And he is calling us up higher. He's calling us to ascend. Marie shared last week there are several different ways to reach that destination. And according to God's own revelation, he said, you choose. You choose. You decide. And there's a purpose behind every one of those paths. There is a God-created purpose behind those whether you're flying across on a horse which would just be so much fun i think or flying on the wings of eagles you know those people are above helping prophetically guide and direct us so that none of us get lost or left behind those people have a bird's eye view of of where we're at and how to get to where we need to go those are the people that are going ahead of us and cheering us on right because that's what prophecy is prophecy encourages and, and builds us up and and keeps calling us forward in the lord uh, whether we're running and not growing weary or walking and not growing faint as we just walk in the spirit and run the good race right but the cool thing about those people is when you're down in the valley it may seem like that's not the fun way to go that's the adventurous way you get to personally encounter. You know, when, when you're in an airplane and you're looking down on everything, it's not the same as when you're driving in your car, myself lately driving on your motorcycle, and you get to experience things, the, the smells and the sights. and You know, you get to see all these detailed, intricate things of the journey. You get to enjoy the journey and really encounter it in a way that you don't get to have when you're just up above, right? You just get to see and experience more wondrous and details, revelations, the deep revelations are found in the deep valley, so it's not bad to go there and to go that way, right? Whether we're crawling or being carried, but, but even those people, they're doing everything they can to push forward into God's destiny for us, no matter what it takes to get there. There are seasons when you're going to grow weary and you're going to need someone to help carry you for That's fine, as long as we're all heading one step closer to that destination, that we don't grow stagnant, that we're always pressing in for the new thing that the Lord has for us today. Because his love, his mercy, his grace, it's all new every morning. No matter what, that we're all heading the same direction, looking and reaching toward, striving toward the same destination, doing whatever we can to help one another to be successful. That's the key. It's not just about you getting there. It's about all of us getting there together, helping each other to be successful, doing whatever we can to do that. Our goal is to all reach a destination with no one left behind. 
And the key to doing that is encouraging one another along that journey, no matter what ours looks like, no matter where we're at, no matter what we face, that none of us give up. Because the truth is, we're all at different stages in life, right? You know, we're in the teen stages going next year into adulthood stages, and we're experiencing new things. The Olingers are a step ahead of us, you know. They've got college-age kids that are adults now and um, moving back in for summer break, so we'll be praying for them. And, you know, Stan and Ned, I know they're out moving. Uh, Anthony and Sean today. You know, we're all at different stages in life. Some of y'all got great-grandkids, you know. Um, so, you know, just all in different stages, all in different walks of life. But God has a purpose for bringing us all together, all of us. You're here for a reason, for a purpose. It's not by accident, not by any means. We're all at different levels and maturity levels in our faith. Some of us are just getting started, and some of us haven't even started yet. And some of us, you've been a Christian longer and I've been alive, you know? It's good. We need people at all those different uh, stages of their faith and maturity levels. And we're all different parts of Christ's body. We all have different giftings, different perspectives, you know, different um, priorities. We're, we all have different priorities, you know? I, I am not a prayer intercessor, but my wife is, you know? I'm not a very compassionate person. I'm a very just-do-what-you're-supposed-to-do person. I am not about emotions, you know? But my wife is very sensitive to emotions. And we all need each other. We need all the different gifts. We need all the different perspectives. And we're not in battle with one another. There's not right and wrong, it's just different. We need them, right? We are on this journey together. On this journey together. The beautiful thing is, there's only one. And that's what the world really, really needs to see right now. There's only one who can take all those differences and yet bind us together in unity. And that's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit sees people from every different doc, you know, walk of life, different economic statuses, different education levels, different everything. Everything's different about us, even in this little room here today. Everything's different, yet we're able to come together in unity. We're able to help and encourage one another. The world sees that. They're going to want that because it's de they're desperate for it right now, right? Maturing in our faith, however, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. So bear with me this week. That's what we're talking about this morning. Growing up and maturing. Becky says I still need to do it. She reminds me every day. <laughs> I still got some growing up to do, but I just don't like to enjoy life, right? Uh, <laughs> there are huge, huge benefits to growing up and to maturing, right? I couldn't wait until the day I was 16. You know, I got to drive my, my family's caravan. You know, remember the old the maroon caravan? Yeah, couldn't wait for it, you know? I think my mom could wait for it. She said I went too fast around turns, apparently. You know, she didn't appreciate that. Becky says I still do. Where's the throw and driving if you can't feel it, you know? Need some G-forces. Anyways, um, but it's a double-edged sword. There's huge benefits. When God calls you up higher, when God calls you to ascend further into his glory, there's benefits. There's revelation. There's different abilities, right? It's sort of like video games when you level up your person, you know? They're able to do things they couldn't do before. They're able to possess weapons they couldn't possess before. But there's a bigger responsibility. It's a double-edged sword. Greater blessing, but greater responsibility, right? i got to put that down. That's, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on growing up, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Exactly. 
But the interesting thing is, this is the revelation that God gave me for this morning, is that spiritual maturity, it mirrors, and it looks a lot like our natural maturity. In fact, Paul made this very analogy when he was teaching about how Jesus became perfect through obedience, through suffering, through discipline, through fervent prayers, even through tears. I don't like that list. I don't want to hear that. I, I don't want to grow up. I want to go back to high school and just do classwork, you know. I know you're hating it right now, but I, that's all I want to do. I just want to go back to That's my responsibility, you know. Jesus, the perfect, you see him, you've seen the Father. Perfect, holy, God of all the universe. Paul wrote and said that he became perfect through obedience, through suffering, through discipline, through fervent prayers, and through tears. It grows us up, it matures us, it shapes our character. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. He said, we have much to say about this, talking about what I just shared about. Um, he said, but it's hard to make it clear to you. And you might realize this about some people. You know why it's hard to make things clear to some people? Paul said it's because you no longer are even trying to understand. How did Kellyanne Conway put it? I can explain it to you. I can't understand it for you. It's one of my favorite quotes. I can explain it to you. I can't understand it for you. I feel like this is the number one reason for people who no longer get excited about God who no longer encounter his presence, for people who just have grown stagnant in their faith. You know, I believe in Jesus, so I'm not going to hell, and that's enough for me. When he has so much more, it's because we stop trying to understand. We stop asking God, like a, like a toddler, like a child, right? Ask why, ask how, ask, ask all the questions. Annoy the living daylights out of God by asking him questions. God, why am I going through this right now? God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to do in me? Ask questions. It's, it's our spiritual maturity and our physical natural maturity are so much the same. He said, it's hard to make it clear to you because you're not trying to understand. In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. But instead, you still need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Some of us are in high school but we still don't understand basic multiplication facts. You're growing up, but you're not maturing. Because life doesn't stop. You keep moving forward, right? You can't go back, but bless you. <laughs> Did you get any on you, Kim? You, you good? You need a tissue? Okay. <laughs> you ought to be teachers, but still you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Big crybaby. Anyone who lives on milk still being an infant, they're not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use, training yourself to distinguish good from evil. We play a huge part in our spiritual maturity. The Holy Spirit wants to grow you up. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you the entirety of his kingdom, the entirety of, of God's nature and God's character. But we have to want to try to understand it, constantly disciplining ourselves to seek after him and to want more. The more mature we become, however, 
the more responsibility we have out of necessity. And the more responsible that we become, the greater things that God can trust into our hands. If you're faithful with little, he will trust you with more. You ever notice that, that people who are broke are just always broke? And even when they have a big breakthrough financially, they're still always broke. If, if you can handle the little, you can be trusted with more. Otherwise, you look on the internet, you know, check YouTube for all these uh, lottery stories. Broke people who became millionaires overnight, and they're broke people again already, you know. It just, it's just a principle, and it's no different in the kingdom of God. If you're faithful with little, you can be trusted with much. And here's the analogy that Paul made, you know, because whenever we're born... That, that, that's not a picture of me as a baby, by the way. I wasn't that cute as a freaky, big-headed, bald thing. Anyways, not much has changed, huh? <laughs> when we are born, we are reliant on other people for everything. And we receive everything exactly when we want it and when we need it, or we're going to cry, and we're going to cry, and we're going to cry, and we're going to cry until we get it, right? That's what we're like when we're an infant. Everybody does everything for you, and you make sure that everybody does everything for you, right? You got some people that are, you know, well into adulthood and they still just expect everybody to do everything for them. You know, they haven't learned discipline and hard work and the blessing that comes with that, really. It's a good and necessary thing as we grow up, right? No one likes to adult. Adulting is no fun at all. It's a meme among our age group, you know, but you got to do it. And there's, there's a benefit to it. As we grow up, we learn self-discipline, we learn patience, and we learn how to do more things on our own to meet our own needs. That's part of growing up and maturing. It's good and it's necessary. None of us want to do it. You kind of do it because you're forced to, usually. It's just no fun. But at the same time, even though adulting is not fun, adulting us to, enables us to be and to do things that we could never do without maturing into it. And it's no different in our spiritual life. There are things that God wants to entrust to you. He wants you to be able to do, but we've got to grow up and mature. And it's not about us doing it on our own. It's about us learning how to take the equipping and the enabling and the power and the authority. It's about learning how to take the resources of the kingdom of heaven and apply them here on the earth. It's about a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So don't mishear what I'm saying. It's not you doing it on your own effort, but you doing something by the empowerment and the equipment and the infueling of the Holy Spirit. You have to learn to do that. You have to walk in it, and you will stumble and fall, and you'll misuse the gifts of the Spirit, but you learn from how to use them properly and correctly, right? We had to be weaned from milk, a milk-filled bottle, to a juice-filled sippy cup, and a little bit of cereal, right? Cheerios is our kid's favorite, still is. Um, <laughs> and then finally, to a big boy, big girl cup, right? A glass that you can drink from and you don't spill it everywhere and meat and potatoes and the good stuff, you know? You don't have to have everything processed and pureed for you, you know? Well, some of that baby food is good. Tutti Frutti, that's good stuff, you know? Some of that baby food, peas? Ugh, I don't know how our kids ate it, but anyways, you know? But you grow up, you mature, and you're able 
You're able to experience things that would have killed you had you not been mature enough. You know, if you try to shove a, a three-month-old's mouth full of peas, it's not going to end well. You're probably going to kill or really hurt that infant, right? They're not mature enough yet. They haven't developed their teeth. They, they don't know how to chew and then swallow. How many of us as Christians are still relying on bottle-fed milk? We have to learn about salvation over and over and over again. We never get to dive in to the deeper revelations of God. We never get to carry our sword the way that we need to because we're going to hurt somebody with it. We're going to hurt ourselves with it. It's up to us. We play a part in our maturity. God does all the work, but we have to cooperate with him. Because when we put our faith in Jesus, when we begin to follow him, Jesus described it as being born again, right? Born again. That's how Jesus described it to Nicodemus, right? Is Zacharias. Is it, which was it? Who was up in the tree, the sycamore tree? Sing the song. Zacchaeus, yeah, thank you. And to explain to him about being born again. And that's exactly what it is. You become alive spiritually for the very first time. Your spirit comes to life within you when you choose to put your faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he accomplished on the cross and, uh, of course, ascending into heaven. Jesus said you're being born again. You're learning how to live life all over again. You're, a, you're an infant baby living on milk. And we got to grow up. we got to grow up spiritually, right? Born not only of flesh and blood, but born for the first time spiritually. And this process starts all over again. Here's what we're going to see. We're going to see this process in place. For years and years and years, God miraculously provided water and manna. Now, manna was described, I kind of considered a little bit like baklava. And I'm sorry, that's not what this is. But if you could share this with everybody, grab a couple. Every morning, except on the Sabbath, God would provide this manna from heaven. And it, it is crispy wafers that tasted sweet like honey. Every morning, while they were on their journey through the desert wilderness, God miraculously provided water. He brought water from the rock, right? He miraculously provided this awesome, delicious, sweet, honey-like wafer, you know? If you like honey, you'll like these. I do. My, my insulin pump doesn't like honey. doesn't like sweet stuff at all, but I like it. <laughs> and this was awesome at first. But um, how many have read the story and know how the people felt about manna day after day after day after day? If you ate this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it wouldn't taste so good and sweet anymore. They're like, I want meat! They literally cried out to God, I want some meat. I want to go back to Egypt. Man, they had quail, right? They wanted, they wanted something that they were not mature enough to handle yet. They wanted to have a gift, an ability. They wanted to possess something they weren't mature enough to have yet. I wanted a BB gun when I was like, what, seven, eight years old. My grandpa wanted to give me one, I think, before I... And Mom's like, nah, uh mm-mm. He, he ain't mature enough yet, not for that thing. It is yours. Jesus said it is finished on the cross. It's yours. Everything in his kingdom is yours. Jesus has put the signet ring of his father on your hand. You have access to everything. But not everything is a blessing to you until you're mature enough to handle it. So let's grow up. 
right? Let's grow up and mature so we can handle the greater things of God, the deeper revelations of God, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, all of them, all of them in operation, everything that God has for us. God miraculously provided this as they were moving on their journey, their journey through the wilderness desert valley into God's promised land. Then, as they physically stepped on it, this was, as I shared two weeks ago, just before the walls of Jericho fell, they walked across the Jordan, this next thing happened, then the walls of Jericho fell. It's so easy to miss. It's in Joshua chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. It says, On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camping at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they stepped foot on God's promised land for them. Finally, after generations, after decades, a people rose up that stopped whining and complaining that they're not getting what they want. Church service isn't going the way I want. I like those songs. I like this. When the people stopped complaining and just started embracing whatever God provided in that season and rejoiced in it, right? God miraculously provided food for Elijah. And guess what he did to provide that food? He fed him by a raven. You know what ravens eat? Same thing that crow and vultures eat as you drive by on the road, right? Roadkill, dead stuff. But it was God's miraculous provision to keep him alive. Embrace whatever the Lord has given you. Give thanks and rejoice in it. Give thanksgiving for whatever he has trusted you in that season. Because it's only when you start getting that attitude and that mentality, when you start growing up, that God's like, oh, they're ready for more. They're ready for greater things. A generation rose up who stepped foot on the promised land. It says the day after the Passover, that very same day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread, roasted grain. And the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year, they ate the produce of Canaan. They matured. They grew up. God stopped bottle feeding them. Because they were spiritually mature enough to take it. To take hold of his promises. It's exciting to grow and to mature and to receive the promises of God. The greatest people of faith are not the people who get exactly what they want, when they want it, when they ask for it. The mighty men and women of faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, are the people who lived their entire lives and never received the promise. But they were doing it so that together with us, their sacrifices would be made complete. Full circle. God looks at the big picture. Those were great men and women of faith. Now, I praise God, we live in the days of the promise. We live in the days of an open heaven. The promises are yours. You don't have to sacrifice in vain that, that you know, seven generations from now they're going to receive the promise. You're living in the days of the promise. You're the Joshua generation. But it was so amazing to me, so amazing to me that the day that they ate from the promised land, the very next day, they went outside in the morning and, there ain't no manna. It stopped after decades. That generation, that's all that they ever knew. That's all that they knew. They were born in the manna generation. 
And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. They grew up. God had something for them. However, those promises fulfilled came with responsibility. And in the same way, the giftings that God gives us, when we discover them within us, they also come with responsibility. No longer did God's people have to eat the same manna day after day after day. However, they got to eat some good stuff. They got to eat meats. They got to eat veggies. They got to eat fruits, some good stuff. However, that meant they had to work and toil in cooperation with God. He would grow everything. They got to harvest their food, and it was all theirs. But no longer could they just step out of their tent every morning and gather up what they needed. Now they had to plan and prepare and plant and raise and store after the harvest. Now they were responsible they couldn't just walk out and pick it up. They were responsible for growing and raising their food. But it was better, right? So much better. What their ancestors cried out to God for, and God despised them for it because they were whiners and complainers. He killed a lot of them because of it. God freely gave and entrusted to this generation because they were spiritually mature enough to handle it. They would do it. Growing up, we took for granted the, the full fridge and cupboard at home, right? I, I know I love it whenever my kids go out in the kitchen like, we got nothing to eat. It's like, are you kidding me? You mean we don't have what you want right here and right now to eat, right? You know? We're like, okay, dinner's on you guys. Like, we were off busy heading somewhere. We come home, what'd you eat? Cereal. <laughs> like, why? Because you might have to cook something, prepare it planet, do a little bit of work, right? So often, we're the same way spiritually. We miss out on greater things because we're not willing to make the sacrifice. We're not willing to put in the work and effort. We're not willing to pay the price. Growing up, I took that for granted. Now that we're adults, we understand the responsibility it is to keep those fridges and cupboards filled, right? But we understand better how blessed we were growing up and what was required and now we are grateful to our parents for making the sacrifices that they did now theologically speaking god was still his people's provider he still provided for them but he didn't provide manna that they just stepped out and grabbed he provided land for them to work right he provided water and seed, and animals, and sun, and their strength, and he gave them knowledge, and he gave them abilities. He provided food for them, but he worked in cooperation with them to bring it to pass. And that's, I believe, the mountain that God is bringing us new hope into. I believe he's taking us into a season where we get to grow up and mature a little bit, but we get to cooperate. We get to do what God is calling us to do, and to see the miraculous provision come by our hands. It's just it's exciting to be a part of. They faithfully did their part. God faithfully made it all grow until the time of the harvest. He met all their needs. In fact, he exceeded them often. God continued to provide everything for his people, but they now played a larger role in bringing it about. It's amazing to think about. All of this was far better for them. All this was God's plan for them, but it came with responsibility. So as we move from mountain to mountain, as we're going on our journey, as we're moving from glory to glory, 
remember that there are better things ahead for us. God's calling us to ascend because there are better things that he has planned for us. Things that we can't even imagine. Things that we've never even thought of or asked for. Those are his plans and purposes. He's going to do things that we couldn't even think of. It's going to be amazing. And he's going to do it in cooperation with us. It's going to be awesome. However, it means there's also likely going to be more responsibilities for us to step into. We're all going to have to step it up in our faith. God wants to grow us up and to mature us. He's like, I know that sippy cup's awesome, but I'm tired of preparing for you. It's time to pull yourself up by the britches, you know, pull up your bootstraps, or I don't know how you do that. I, have you ever tried to pick yourself up by the bootstraps? It's not easy. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a fat man, maybe that's why it's hard, but um, speaking of which, um, but, what was that? Yeah. Anyway, but the fun thing is we get to grow and mature together. We get to grow and mature together. We get to make mistakes with each other and learn from them. I get to pray for you all and see nothing happen. I'm like, okay, God, what am I missing? Show me, teach me. Your word says this, and I'm not seeing it. So what am I missing here? I know that something Marie kept sharing last week too. What am I missing? I feel like we're in a toddler state, and we need to start asking questions. We need to start being like in wonder of all the simple things. We need to start being so grateful for all the little blessings that we take for granted. I believe that God wants to give us eyes to see and ears to hear anew and afresh. Things we've never heard before, things we've never seen before. You know, um, just to be amazed at the world that we're living in. Amazed at his goodness. Amazed at his faithfulness. So that when we enter this place, everybody's worship will be extravagant to the point that you can't contain it. You, you can't even express it as just that bubbly inside of you. Because you're just excited about what God's doing. So here's the key. The greater the responsibility, the richer the reward. The richer the reward. When you work hard, you get to play hard. You get a greater reward. That, that's my principle at home, right? Work before play. Work hard, play hard. The greater the sacrifice... The higher the promotion. God is looking to promote you in spiritual realms. You're going from glory to glory. You're getting promoted into greater things. It also means there's going to be new demons at your face. And, but you have the power and the authority to stop them, to destroy them, to send them fleeing. Send them into the pigs where they belong, all right? It's time to rise up into some authority. Not just little toddlers. I feel like we've been little toddlers that just the enemy's able to just pick us up and put us wherever he wants us. And just, you know, all he has to say is he just has to whisper a question. It throws us into a tizzy. We're into an emotional, you know, outrage. It's time for those emotional reactions to stop. And we start growing up and be like, who are you? I'm not listening to your voice no more. Just get out of here. Just ignore him. Resist him, he'll flee. Time to grow up. Time to rise up. We're not going to get thrown into... Anybody who struggles with getting thrown into fits of rage? That was one of the things I felt like God was wanting us at New Hope to grow up from. Nobody? Am I the only one that ever throws, goes into a fit of rage at home? Kids, do I ever go into a fit of rage? <laughs> All right, thank you. We got some honesty here. Anybody? No, everybody's homes are just perfect and peaceful. We got the, we got the Brady Bunch here in this place. Nope. All right, thank you. This is where it starts. Honesty, integrity, 
I'm not who I need to be. Man, you won't believe what I did, you know, yesterday. Honesty, integrity. And okay, so we've screwed up. How do we do it better next time? Because I guarantee Nate's going to not do what I asked him to do. It's going to happen, right, bud? Because guess what? I don't do everything that my father asks me to do every time either, do I? How does my father treat me? That's the father I need to be for my children, right? I'm supposed to love my wife the way that Jesus loved the church, right? That takes some maturity. And I do have some growing up to do in these two areas and more. <laughs> be honest. Share with one another. If you get a degree of success, share it with everyone else who's just thrown into fits of rage at home all the time and share your success with them. Here's how I did it. Here's how I overcame it, right? The greater our obedient trust, the more miraculous our experiences, the deeper our revelation is going to be. We're getting called to go deeper, higher, greater. Greater things are waiting for us. But how do we get there? God says to choose. God says to choose your way. I don't like that. I just want to do what God tells me to do. But that's what a toddler does. A toddler gets their hand slapped and says, no. God's like, you got to grow up. Toddler years are over. You choose. You decide. My children are in those ages where I remind them, you understand how much trust I'm giving you right now, right? And you understand what's going to get taken away if you prove yourself to not be trustworthy, right? And really, I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to them. <laughs> I'm talking, I give myself the pep talk of start trusting. Like, Nate's going to be an adult next year. you got to start trusting and just let go. Let them make mistakes. Let them make their own decisions. Now's a safe place because we're there to pick up their mess and to help them move on from it when they do make mistakes. Not always going to be there. I believe that that is the season that God is taking us into. We're not being toddlers that are controlled, that's picked up and carried and put where we you know, need to be. God is saying, you choose. You decide. This is where I'm calling you to. Now you choose the path. You walk it out. He's still with us. He's still for us. Even when we make the mistake, he's going to pick us up and brush us off and move us forward, right? But we've got to get to walking. How do we get there? What path do we choose? Jesus, he was sharing with his disciples a reminder that he was soon going to physically leave them through his death and three day later resurrection. They were going to have transferred to them the re responsibility of continuing his ministry. We'll talk about heaviness. Of course, they were also going to be baptized by the Holy Spirit and with the fire of God. They're going to be equipped and enabled to carry all that responsibility. But there was a journey that they had to take. Because when he hung on that cross and was put in the tomb, they all of a sudden entered into the season of the unknown. There was a journey of waiting, of uncertainty, of fear. Their lives were literally at risk because they were with him and everybody knew it. And everybody knew them and recognized them. There was a season of waiting. There was a journey that they had to make to get to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was a journey they had to take to be equipped to carry the weight of Jesus' ministry and to continue it. 
And that journey was going to be challenging. It was going to be dangerous. It was going to be an emotion-filled one. Jesus was concerned for them. Would they have the courage? Would they have the strength to stay the course, to continue to journey, to wait in Jerusalem until they received the gift with no guidance or direction of what gift it was or what it was going to look like or how they're even going to know that they receive it. They just had to wait in the most dangerous place on the face of the earth for them. They had to wait. Jesus was concerned for them. Out of concern, he told them just a few simple words. But those few simple words were everything that they needed to know about the path that lie ahead of them. Everything they needed to know. They didn't fully understand those words at the time. But as they journeyed on, those words became a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. Those few simple words are the answer and the solution to us as well. I can't tell you what your path holds ahead of you. I don't know. God hasn't prophetically revealed that to me. I don't know what challenges you're going to be faced with, but you will be faced with challenges. You will be faced with hardships. You will be faced with difficulties. But you will also experience and taste and see the goodness of God to swallow up those challenges in victory, to provide for every lack and every need. You're going to see the hand of God in your own life firsthand. So what were those few simple words that gave them what they needed to journey ahead to their path of success? Well, next week we're going to learn about those. So anyways, you don't want to miss it. It's noon. I'm hungry. We're going home. Sorry about your luck. Um, if I could have the worship team come forward. <laughs> I'm not kidding either. You got to wait. Next week. Next week, you'll, you'll learn what those words are. Here's the cool thing. The same Holy Spirit that revealed them to me can reveal them to you too. Fast, pray, seek. And see if you come next week and hear the very words that you knew what they were. That same Holy Spirit can speak to you too. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Try it. It's an opportunity to try growing up a little bit, right? All right, so what song y'all want to do again? You choose. You decide. Anybody have a favorite from this week? Anybody just want to go home? You can just go home if you want to. Raise a hallelujah. All right, there we go. Raise a hallelujah. And that's the cool thing. You're all adults. If you don't want to do this song again, you can just go home and leave. It's okay. No one's going to look down on you for it. Isn't it so much fun to grow up? To grow up spiritually? You've got freedom. You've got choices.